Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to Face Connecticut, an in-depth look at today's issues. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Face Connecticut. I'm Morgan Cunningham on WTIC News Talk 1080, Light 100.5, WRCH, and 96.5 TIC. Our guest this morning is Republican State Senator Jeff Gordon of Woodstock. We're going to be talking about what has been a really big issue in recent weeks and this week for sure in Connecticut. That is the transition to electric vehicles here in the Nutmeg State. Good morning, Senator. Welcome to the show. Morning. Thank you for having me. Happy to have you with us. And I know that this got so much discussion this week, but it's really worthy of a deeper dive exactly what happened this week. So, Senator, let's just start there. Could you give us all a summary of what happened this week and the legislative shakeup that kind of came at the 11th hour? Well, what happened was the Regulation Review Committee of the legislature was supposed to meet to take a vote on whether or not to move forward with a mandate to ban the sale of new gas-powered cars and gas or diesel-powered trucks and pickups. And uh, the night before, it turned out that there was not going to be enough support, uh, just not Republicans, but a growing number of Democrats, for this type of real major ban that didn't have any type of realistic plan behind it. And the governor and the Democratic majority in the legislature withdrew the proposal. And at this point now, we just need to move forward and pivot for what I'm telling people is see what we can do for Connecticut doing it a much better way than what was proposed. One of the Democrats, from my understanding, who was expressing concern was one of your colleagues, State Senator Kathy Austin of Sprague, and you're in eastern Connecticut as well in Woodstock up there in the quiet quarter. And so my question to you is, what are you hearing from your district as you go around and you're listening to your constituents and residents, um, largely in Wyndham County and parts of Tallinn County? What are you hearing from them? Well, I've been out and about uh, as a senator in all the 13 towns of uh, in northeast Connecticut that I represent. And what I've been hearing from people when I let them know about this issue is they do not at all like a mandate that ties us to what happens in California, that doesn't give us any flexibility here in Connecticut to decide what's best here in Connecticut. You know, I'm hearing from hardworking people, families, retirees, job-creating businesses, farmers, uh, who 
don't know how they're going to meet these types of goals in a very short time frame, let alone being able to pay for it all. They don't want their choice taken away. They feel they know best what works for them and their families and businesses for what type of vehicle to buy. And none of us, including my constituents, are standing in the way of electric vehicles, and none of us are standing in the way of responsible, realistic, uh, and reasonable things to do for the environment and climate. We just want a better way to do things, and my constituents want their voice heard, and I've been making certain their voice is heard, and government uh, works best when it listens to people, and I, I appreciate that the governor and the Democratic majority listen to Republican colleagues of mine and to my constituents uh, and withdrew this proposal, and now let's all work together to do something better. That's what my constituents want. I agree with you in that I'm hearing from people who are not necessarily concerned about having EVs in the future, but they're concerned about the process to get there, the electrical grid and so on. And so what do you think, Senator, is the next step that has to happen here? If this is a goal that the Lamont administration and Democrats still want to see pushed through, and they made that clear this past week where they say that they're not going to give up on this, but if they want to accomplish this in the coming, say, decade or however long it may take, what is the next step that has to happen at our state government level? Well, first and foremost, state government really needs to work on a plan before you start instituting a ban or a mandate. Uh, The other way that they were proposing it was putting the cart before the horse. So number one, we need to get the entire legislature back involved. We represent everybody in Connecticut. And let's work with every stakeholder. Let's work with experts in the different fields and the state agencies uh, and government officials and really figure out what works and what doesn't work in Connecticut. We know tying ourselves to California doesn't work. There's been proposals to perhaps do what some other states like Colorado have done, which is somewhat tie to California, but give a lot of flexibility to figure things out on their own. Or... We continue with the federal EPA standards, which are in place for us, and figure out what's going to work in Connecticut. I'm advocating, I'm advocating work in a bipartisan way. Let's get politics out of it. Let's focus on public policy and really figure this out before we start to put uh, these mandates in place. It's one thing to have goals. It's another thing to have a plan. And that's what, number one, we need to work on is a plan. And that's what my Republican colleagues have been saying all along. Let's work on a plan and let's include everybody in the decision making and give them opportunities to weigh in and be part of the process. Who do you think that you and your colleagues need to be talking with the most? Or is this kind of an even mix of discussions that have to be had with, say, representatives of the Lamont administration, Democratic holdouts? Um, people who are really opposed to it on either side of the fence. So where does the conversation go next? I think the conversation has to be where the governor and the uh, leaders of the Democratic majority need to really sit down with Republican senators, Republican uh, representatives, and let's go through the legislative process, all the hearings, all the meetings, really delve into this uh, for what can work here in Connecticut, uh, that's really the next step. There shouldn't be any type of political gamemanship here at all. This should really be focused on good public policy, and let's all work together. I've offered many times, and I'll offer it again today, anytime the governor 
uh, wants to meet with me to discuss this issue, I'm happy to meet with him. Anytime the Democratic majority leadership wants to meet with me to discuss this, I'm happy to meet with them. But it really takes working all together. And again, let's get the politics out of it. Let's focus what's best for the people of Connecticut and not force feed them something that's really going to have big impacts on their lives and livelihoods. We can do better. We can do this smartly and wisely. We just need to realize we all have to sit down and get it done. So right now, the ball's in the court of the governor and the Democratic majority, but my Republican colleagues and I are continuing to advocate and fight for people, and I hope that we can all come together soon and start to really hash this out the way it should be. My guest on Face Connecticut this morning is Republican State Senator Jeff Gordon. His district includes Woodstock, Vernon, Hampton, Coventry, um, really 13 towns and cities in eastern Connecticut, northeastern Connecticut specifically. My next question for you, Senator, is are you aware of any conversations from across the aisle, you know, a mix of Republicans and Democrats talking about this issue? Because from what people hear or what they may be guessing or gathering is that this is a polarized one-side issue. But have those conversations from both sides already been happening? Uh, I know I've had some discussions with some of my fellow Democratic senators and even some representatives uh, to talk about where are we on this issue? You know, there's go- there is going to have to be serious and well-intentioned discussions from the governor and from the Democratic leadership with the Republican leadership. Uh, I hope that's going to be happening. Uh, my concern is that politics will rear its head again, and something will try to be either rammed through or pushed through by um, a political process. Uh, but I really hope that we can move this in a much better direction. I can tell you my constituents, that's exactly what they want. Uh, And that's what we should deliver. So I, for one, uh, am trying to do what I can as a senator. But I really hope that um, leadership um, in the governor's office realizes that a different path has to be taken than the path that was taken. And let's see if that can be done. The ball's in their court. But again, my Republican colleagues and I are continuing to try to push forward uh, for good public policy. Let's see if the others need us and start working with us. State House Speaker Matt Ritter this week said that he wanted to caucus next week with his Democratic members to talk about a plan forward. What kind of conversation do you think that they're going to have? What will it entail? It should be a very interesting discussion. I'm not going to be there being a Republican senator. My sense is they're going to talk about, what. number one, is there a different legislative path or political path to try to still get this type of uh, ban in place, uh, I think that would be an injustice and do an end run around a, a process that people really want, which is an inclusive process. Perhaps we'll have discussions about modifying the plan. Um, I think there's going to be a, a wide-ranging discussions. I think there's a lot of diversity in their caucus as far as which way to go and what their constituents are telling them. Uh, So it'll be very interesting uh, what they do. Um, You know, I know that Senator Looney at the press conference said that, you know, this is all about governing, and he blamed the Republicans for not governing. We actually are very much governing. Governing is listening to people, fighting for people, doing what's best for public policy here in Connecticut. 
That's what my Republican colleagues and I are doing. And I hope that when Speaker Ritter meets with his caucus and Senator Looney meets with his caucus, they realize what we're doing, fighting for people and trying to make a better future for Connecticut. And again, work with us for public policy. I hope common sense will prevail in their uh, caucuses. We'll see what happens, but I, for one, am more than willing to speak with them and see what to do rolling up our sleeves, working with them to try to do something good for the people of Connecticut. Do you believe that this is something that could be brought up in the next legislative session? And mind everybody in the audience that next year we have the shorter legislative session from February up until May. Do you think that this is something that could come up during next year's session? I wouldn't be surprised at all that it does. I don't think we should bring this up in a special session before the session actually convenes, because that won't give us much time to sort this through. And that has been talked about? It has indeed, and I think doing that way in a rushed way, without really taking advantage of a full legislative session, is not a way to do good public policy. We do have a short session. It's three months or so. But we can certainly work together on this issue during that session. And quite frankly, when the session ends, if we need to continue our work and have some special sessions to keep the work going, we can do that. Uh, there's no reason we can't. So I'm, I, I would expect this would come up. But I hope it comes up in a way that engages the entire legislature and gives lots of opportunities for people businesses, all stakeholders. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. To be part of the discussion and part of the process. So I'm fine if it were to come up, but we want a serious, real proposal. Uh, we just don't want to rehash of what was already done that the people of Connecticut don't like. Our guest this morning on Face Connecticut is Republican State Senator Jeff Gordon of Woodstock, which is part of Wyndham County. And what a lot of people probably don't know about you, Senator, is that you're actually a doctor. Could you talk about the health impact of all electric vehicles sold in Connecticut? Well, I am a doctor. I'm one of two uh, doctors in the legislature. I, you know, A nickname I have is Dr. Senator. 
uh, I, I, I'm proud of that. You know, we all understand that there are public health impacts, uh, air quality uh, especially. Um, some of it is generated here in Connecticut. A lot of it, quite frankly, is generated west of us because the prevailing air currents come west to east. So a lot of pollution in other parts of the country flow into Connecticut. Um, so there's a limit to what we can do in Connecticut to stop that. I think overall, if we start moving towards more and more low emission vehicles, which is what the federal EPA emission standards are doing, and we follow those, but also where do we go supporting the evolving and growing EV market and infrastructure? Yes, there can be public health um, benefits, but those are not in isolation. We also have to think about all the other potential impacts and, and any unintended consequences on people's lives and livelihoods. So um, I understand you know, the goals, but really it's how do we achieve those goals in a realistic, reasonable, and responsible way, just not say we want to achieve a goal, and then just kind of, which what the governor's plan was is, you know, develop it while after you've already enacted a ban. That's not a good way to achieve a goal. One thing that I have heard floated around in my news circle is that there have been politicians from both sides of the aisle who have said that this is something that should be done in collaboration with other neighboring states. Maybe it's New York, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, etc. Is that something that you think would have a greater impact on health? It might, but we need to be careful that we don't unduly and unfairly tie ourselves to what another state decides. For example, in California, you know, the plan was to tie ourselves to whatever they decided there. Well, the problem is nobody here in Connecticut has any opportunity to weigh in on any regulation that happens in California, even if it doesn't work or it's not best for Connecticut. So I think there can be collaboration in ways to uh, work with other states, but we want to make certain we do maintain a degree of independence and flexibility for what best works in Connecticut. I don't see why you can't do that as a dual concurrent track. Again, don't tie ourselves uh, unnecessarily to just one state, what they do. But sure, I think learning from other states, understanding what they're doing, seeing how we can collaborate and partner, there's no reason we can't do that while still maintaining what's best for Connecticut. I like what you mentioned there, Senator. And just to reiterate, you were talking about that 2004 state law here in Connecticut that essentially ties us to emissions regulations and environmental regulations in California. As far as this EV issue goes, Senator, do you think it's possible that part of that 2004 law could be either wholly or partly revised or repealed to better reflect what Connecticut wants to do for electric vehicles in the future? Yes, I think that law definitely needs, at a minimum, to have some major structural uh, changes. It's a 2004 law, uh, and since that time, a lot has happened, including in California. So we need to figure out what works best here to update and improve that law, even if it means you know, scrapping it, but we're still going to follow the federal emission standards so it's not backtracking, and then work on what can be done here. I don't have any problem seeing what might be parts of that uh, law, but on the other hand, there's going to definitely have to be a, a lot of changes and a lot of thinking 
uh, careful thinking about what to do here in Connecticut. And again, none of us oppose environmental issues. None of us oppose electric vehicles. Let's see what we can do responsibly to move it forward. So it's going to take a lot of work, but we're up for that, and we can do it. We've tackled big issues before. As I mentioned earlier, let's get everybody working together on good public policy. Let's get the partisan politics out of it. My constituents don't like the partisan politics. They like what I'm talking about. Let's focus on public policy. Let's let everybody's voices be heard. Let's understand that 2004 law, and let's figure out what we can do here in 2023, in 2024, and the years ahead. Uh, and that's how I'm looking to see what we can do in a bipartisan way. Senator Gordon, how are you going to continue to approach this topic and this issue in your district? Because although it faced legislative defeat this past week, it certainly is not over as far as the possibility or the conversation about it. So what is your next step in the district that you have control over? Well, I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing. I am often very much out and about the 13 towns of my district. I'm well known for doing that. I'm well known to continue to let people know what's happening, give them facts, give them opportunities to ask their questions and raise their concerns. I'm going to continue to be out and about listening to people. And then I, I take all of that on an ongoing basis and discuss it with my colleagues in the legislature. Happy to discuss it with the governor. Happy to discuss it with the agencies involved and continue that constructive process People in my district, they like that. They want that type of approach, and that's what I'm going to continue to do. So for me, it's going to continue to be one of many active issues, and I'm going to be continuing to discuss this. I just had a series of uh, various town meetings uh, last week, uh, and I have another one uh, tonight uh, in one of my towns of Coventry. So to me, continue to engage people and continue to let them know what's going on. And it, and it comes down to if you engage people, they do involve themselves in the public policy, and then we're the wiser for how are we going to create public policy for them. When I think about certain controversial bills that have drawn out a lot of public testimony, aid and dying, which comes up from time to time being one of the bigger ones um, that I can think of, there are a lot of people who show up at the state capitol very willing to give their testimony, their thoughts about the issue. Do you foresee this issue going to that kind of level with public testimony and marathon hour after hour people talking about it and the impact in Connecticut at the state capitol? Yes, I wouldn't be surprised about it. And quite frankly, I would welcome that. I never have a problem with long public hearings, many opportunities to give people uh, a chance to let us know what they think. I used to be, up until recently, for 16 years, chairman of my town's planning and zoning, and I would always welcome hearing from people who would show up at a meeting, public hearings, let us know what they think. Uh, that's a good way of government working. So I, w I would love to see lots of public hearings, lots of meetings. And for me, I'm a big advocate of bringing government to people. People shouldn't have to come to Hartford to let us know. I'm more than willing to get out to any of my towns uh, at any time and listen to what people have to say, because then I can bring all of that to the public hearings if they can't attend it, to the committee meetings, uh, even when we have to take votes on the Senate floor. So I would welcome that very thorough and comprehensive process. 
I know some of my colleagues say, well, you know, um, we're just going to hear the same thing from people and over and over. And to me, that's fine. If that's what people want to tell us and how many of them want to tell us, I never have a problem with how long a meeting goes or a public hearing goes because it's the people's government. We're there to listen to them and work for them. And part of my job is to do it. And to me, it's regardless of how many hours I have to spend at a meeting or a public hearing. So I wouldn't be surprised uh, at all. But again, I would welcome that. And I would love to hear from lots and lots of people everywhere in this state. In your district in eastern Connecticut, Chaplin, Coventry, Hampton, Woodstock, you're hearing different things perhaps from what other folks are saying on the western side of the state. What are you hearing when you talk with your colleagues about the differences, or are there more similarities than people would think? There's a lot of similarities. Number one, we are all hearing from people that they want their voices heard on this matter. Um, They don't like being shut out of a process. They don't like a political process. They want a public policy process. I think we're all hearing that. I'm hearing that tremendously in my district, overwhelmingly. Number two, they want to work with us and let us know their concerns, which are very legitimate, about the nuts and bolts of this public policy. It's one thing to, to say the goals, but what is it that we're going to do to actually achieve it? What are going to be the costs? How are we going to get all this extra electricity? Who's going to pay for all of the new transmission lines? Where are these charging stations going to be? Can people afford electric vehicles or the batteries? Uh, what happens if you live in an apartment and where are you going to get a charging station? We're hearing from farmers. You know, how are they going to afford all of this? Truckers, for example, and small businesses, everything that we need is transported on trucks. Where do we have the infrastructure on our highways and roads for all these charging stations and things like that? And that's really what led to this proposal being pulled because of the overwhelming concerns of people around this state. Senator, I've really enjoyed our conversation this morning on Face Connecticut talking about electric vehicles and so much more to discuss in coming weeks and months. Are there any final thoughts as we just about run out of time? My final thought is pay attention to what your government is doing. Speak with your senator. Speak with your representative. Ask your questions. Raise your concerns. Make your voice heard. Don't think that your voice won't be heard. I encourage anybody in my district, reach out to me anytime. I'm happy to talk with you. Senator Jeff Gordon, thanks for coming on Face Connecticut, and we'll talk again. Face Connecticut is a production of the News and Public Affairs Department of WTIC Radio. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.